This is the fifth in our series of Texas Crime Files podcasts about the case of Rodney Reed. Among the voices we'll hear will be that of one of Reed's attorneys, who will provide details about a recent ruling by the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals. It's a major development that occurred just five days before Rodney Reed's execution, which had been scheduled to take place on November 20th, 2019. When the appeals court blocked Reed's execution, they agreed to allow a lower court to consider his claim that he is innocent and that the state withheld important testimony that may have helped to clear his name. Without question, supporters of Rodney Reed were pleased with the criminal appeals court decision. Here's Rodney Reed's brother, Roderick, who has served as a family spokesperson. We're very, very happy. Uh, We give all honor and glory to God because without him, this wouldn't be possible. God worked through people in order to enable us to get to state. And right now, we're just, we're just overwhelmed, with joy, overwhelmed with joy, but we want to remind everybody that the fight continues. Rodney's still on death row. We, that was the first leg of it. We got, we got a long stretch, and that's to get him in this new trial and get him home. When news about the stay of execution came down on November 15th, the celebrity Kim Kardashian West was visiting Rodney Reed in prison. Also there was one of Reed's attorneys, Quincy McNeil. I asked him about Rodney Reed's reaction at the moment he learned that his execution had been put on hold. Well, it was it was emotional. Uh, he was obviously relieved. At that point, he had five days until his death. And uh, and Kim heard, although I did not hear, Kim heard him say, praise Jesus, or thank you, Jesus, something to that effect. Uh, satisfied and, and pleased that uh, the court will uh, allow these claims to now go before it and allow him to be vindicated. But not everyone lauded the court's ruling. Deborah Oliver, the sister of Stacy Stites, the woman who Rodney Reed was found guilty of killing, issued a statement on November 20th, 2019, the day that Reed was to have been executed for the crime. She said, and I quote, Today was supposed to be the day the nightmare ended, thanks to celebrities and politicians that didn't take the time to learn about the facts. Today we start fighting back to get justice for all of Rodney Reed's victims. Reed has denied killing 19-year-old Stacy Stites in 1996, and his defense attorneys say they have evidence that will exonerate him and implicate Stites' fiance at the time, Jimmy Fennell. Reed's attorneys are working to get him a new trial based on sworn affidavits from witnesses who have come forward since his original trial, and they want DNA testing of the belt that was used to strangle Stacy Stites. In its stay of execution order, the Criminal Appeals Court wants to explore the claim that prosecutors may have withheld some important information during Reed's 1998 trial. I asked Reed's attorney, Quincy McNeil, about new witnesses who have recently come forward. You might have seen that some uh, members of law enforcement have come forward. And in terms of members of law enforcement, we have a guy named Jim Clampett, and we have a guy named uh, Wayne Fletcher. Uh, Mr. Fletcher came forward. He is a member of law enforcement. He was on the sheriff's office with one of the investigating agencies. And he says that he overheard uh, in a social setting with with Mr. Uh, Fennell uh, that Mr. Fennell said to him that he believed that Stacy was uh, having sex with a black man. And Mr. Fennell says that about three or four days before Stacy died. And so it's this information, for example, that we believe should have been shared with the defense uh, and was not. 
but we believe that if the state had shared it with the defense, and if the defense knew about that and was able to produce this witness, that the jury would have come to a different conclusion. We think the same of Mr. Clampett, whose affidavit you might have also seen. Now, he was a member of the Lee County Sheriff's Office, which assisted in the investigation uh, into the murder of Stacey Stites. And Mr. Clampett said that at the funeral of Stacey Stites, he was standing alongside Jimmy Fennell. They were looking down at Stacey Stites' body, and Jimmy Fennell says something along the lines of, you got what you deserved. Again, this is information that we, we feel the defense would have been able to show motivation and would have been able to show uh, that Mr. Fennell was involved in some way in this, and we believe the jury would have come to a different conclusion. Reed's attorneys also want the belt that was used to choke Stacy Stites tested for DNA, but Lisa Tanner, one of the prosecutors who helped get Reed convicted, says that the belt was contaminated when it was mixed in with other exhibits from the trial and that any DNA results would not be conclusive. The problem is, is that the belt was subjected to the forensic testing that was available at the time that was all consistent with the standards at the time. And subsequent to everything having been done, the belt was released. The belt was then introduced at trial. And since all testing had been completed, um, people handled it without gloves. And uh, that was, again, consistent with the standards of the day. Um, even Rodney Reed's own experts have conceded that that was the standard back then. And so nobody was doing anything untoward. Um, that's just the way it was handled back then. After trial, the court reporter then put it in a box with all the other evidence, um, not separate, not in bags, um, not maintained in any sort of a uh, forensically acceptable manner for forensic testing. Um, and so as a result of that, uh, the belt is not in a condition where it could uh, yield anything probative. Rodney Reed's attorney, Quincy McNeil, disagrees. They are arriving at the conclusion without being willing to test it. How do they know there's cross-contamination? How do they know that there is, by cross-contamination, I imagine what they're saying is that there's fear that there would be DNA and fingerprints on top of fingerprints or DNA on top of finger of DNA mixtures to, to the point where you could not determine the contributors. I would assume that's what that means. Um, why don't we test it and see if, it, if there is cross-contamination? What they're basically saying, it seems to me, is that there could be no probative value to this because of cross-contamination. But Mr. Reed's defense has been willing for some time now to pay for this. I don't know what the state has to lose in testing this, except that maybe they, they don't know how to respond to a conclusion that Mr. Reed's DNA is not on it. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just not sure. I'm, I'm speculating there. I, I don't know what the issue there is. It seems to me like if you have fear that there's cross-contamination, but you don't know that there's cross-contamination, and this is the murder weapon, which they believe to be true, it seems like you would run the testing to determine if, in fact, there is cross-contamination. You know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but we're certainly going to run it because it confounds all lovers of justice that you would, you would be able to identify the murder weapon and not test the murder weapon. I asked McNeil about next steps now that the execution has been halted. We will have a hearing ultimately at some point. The exact time, the date is unknown just yet, although the picture will start to become clearer. We will have to bring these experts to these experts and also these witnesses uh, to the court 
and they will uh, have an opportunity to share their stories and share the information that they provided to us in our application for the writ of habeas corpus. And, and truthfully, they will have to withstand cross-examination from the state, uh, and, and the truth will be known, we believe. Uh, that is going to happen at some point in the future. We imagine that a subsequent order will come down from the court uh, telling us, giving us a better idea of time frame, or the Bastrop County Court will give us some idea of time frame. But uh, now is the time really to dig in and to begin working uh, and, and to uh, have the opportunity to prove Mr. Reed's innocence is, is, a, is a good thing. And one more note about Stite's fiance, Jimmy Fennell. He, of course, has his defenders, too, among them Stacy Stites' immediate family, the prosecutors, and his attorney, Bob Phillips. If I, for a moment, thought Jimmy Fennell or anyone else was guilty of that offense, I'd be joining all these press conferences, standing up at the Capitol, begging for mercy, picketing, the whole bit. I mean, I, I never wanted on my record that I facilitated either passively or actively in the wrongful conviction and execution of an innocent man. But there's never been a guiltier man in the history of Texas than Rodney Reed. So Rodney Reed, his family, and his supporters have been granted their wish, indeed their prayers, that the execution be stopped. Now the case will go back to a state judge in Bastrop County where he was convicted. We will continue our ongoing series of reports about Rodney Reed as his case enters a new stage, when those who defend him and those who want his original conviction to stand meet again in a district court hearing. Texas Crime Files is produced by KVUE-TV in Austin, known as KVU in Texas, a Tegna-owned broadcast station. Sarah Bryant co-produced this podcast with me with the assistance of Chris Betts, Tony Plohetsky, and Brian Bell. You can hear the entire series on the KVUE YouTube page or download the Texas Crime Files series where you get your podcasts. I'm Bob Buckaloo for Texas Crime Files.